When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's just what I'm saying, Matt. Like every podcast on the face of the earth has something of value. You know what oh I'm saying? My God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Comic wow. Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, in the studio, messing with my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? <laughs> And calling in from the Witness to Protection Program from a safe location, we have Janelle Wheeler. Hey, guys. I'm happy to be here. I love the setup with the new mics. I oh, know, right? Yeah, we got mics. We get you mics. You sound right? great. Yeah, I don't think we ever get like a budget for this show, but I think we found stuff laying around. And so, like, we repurposed it. And we are great I love repurposers. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Our excellent production team, uh, John and Rich in the booth, and Peter also call in remotely are always trying to improve what we do here and make us look halfway decent like we should be on the air. So this is our latest studio upgrade, and we are happy for it. Freestanding mics are so much better than tr- us trying to... I think they just got sick of us trying to clip on our mics. Everybody just screwing got tired it up. Of yeah, they're screwing like, it up every week. Every shirt. All the Matt different wears. shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every shirt Matt wears not like mics. The audience was getting tired of hearing my underarm hair shuffle as I moved every every with my animated uh, posture, so... <laughs> to make it better for our fans, we are now using desktop mics. So uh, what's up to everybody in the comic book nation uh, family fandom? Today, we have a fun show. I mean, a lot of this is just going to be trailer breakdowns. Uh, we were try- I was trying to end my shift yesterday. And <laughs> just get on out of here. I was going to make an excellent dinner for my okay. family. And Reeling you back in. Yeah, the, the land of Brazil kept uh, reeling me back in because... CCXP, their big kind of convention, annual convention that kind of caters to geek culture is happening right now. And in Brazil's become such a big and South America in general has become such a big market for geek culture from anime to Marvel to DC that, you know, they get a well-deserved platform to break new kind of media content. Yeah, they got good stuff this year. (laughs) So shout out to CCXP for giving the rest of us in the world something, you know, to get warm about in these cold days of fall slash oncoming winter. But we got a bunch of new trailers. We got Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Uh, I just hit my mic. So sorry, production team. We we have made no advancements because I just smacked my mic. So <laughs> here we go. But uh, and we also got Indiana Jones 5 trailer. And the title that we now know is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. So what we're going to do to start out today is just kind of run back through what we saw in those trailers and what we absorbed. Then we are going to do a review of the new holiday season cult classic movie. I'm calling it that right now because I believe it will be uh, Violent Night starring David Harbour. Before we kind of, that'll be the first segment of our show. So if anybody wants to cut us down for, you know, the condensed, easy to absorb version, that'll be that. Then when we come back from break today, we got to talk about Amazon quietly building, you know, up its content library in some interesting ways and dipping into these comic book franchises. And they just made a move. 
And we're going to do some quick reviews of what's going on and recaps of what's going on in Geek TV with the debut of the Willow TV series on Disney+. Plus. Matt has to talk about Wednesday on Netflix. He's been jonesing to get deeper into this. And we're going to talk about the latest episode in a uh, game-changing episode of Titans DC plus new comics this week. So welcome to Comic Book Nation, where we do it all. Let's jump up at the top and talk about the trailers we got, starting with the big one that's obviously in our graphic behind us here in the studio, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So James Gunn and the Guardians team has been busy. We just got the holiday special, which was, you know, lighthearted. And I get now why they probably had to make that for themselves. Uh, and for us, because, I mean, it was good we got that holiday special right before we got this trailer, yeah. because this trailer is already That's suggesting sweet. some pretty emotional beats in this film. James Gunn has tried to prepare us all by telling us it's going to get kind of real in this movie. But uh, the trailer definitely suggested as much. And we haven't gotten really we don't get a lot of story per se from this trailer. It's just the first mm -hmm. teaser. And that's not what a teaser does, but we can, as Marvel fans kind of put the beats together that something about, you know, rockets origin, the high evolutionary, this, you know, villainous character who plays with the evolution of different species and making new species and stuff like that is going to come into play. Um, and you know, the high evolutionary is going to go up against the guardians and it's going to be a pretty drastic battle. We are going to lose people. Um, we may lose a lot of people yeah. in this. So, and it looks like, I mean, the whole theme of this trailer is the time to face the music. Like, this is basically like a last stand type of thing. And it ends with a pretty epic last stand callback um, to when, you know, Groot from the first film when they're storming Ronin's ship. And But this time it's Groot and Peter Quill back to back and looks like a shootout that could be their last stand. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, uh, if you've ever seen like a crazy action horror thriller movie where, you know, People are just trying to escape somewhere and they each get knocked off as they sacrifice themselves to help the team get off. It looks like we could be in for one of those. And I am not ready for it. There are scenes <laughs> in this trailer. Don't say it. Mortally injured. Peter Quill screaming at somebody on what looks like a final moments on an operating table, possibly a tiny operating table. Rocket looking like he's on death's door at one point. Like, I'm not ready for all of this. And I made fun of the Guardians. It's not been my favorite marvel franchise of all time it's not my star wars star wars is my star wars uh but i know that it is a generation of of people's mm -hmm. you know star wars it is so there's gonna be heavy lifting for them but um yeah i mean this was a first good teaser from my part and they're even comedic beats like yes we're watching drax <laughs> just annihilate a young you know female animal spliced time. humanoid on some planet with a bet with a basketball look at those so. suits oh love those suits yeah. oh my god so matt take it from there because uh yeah you got some stuff you want to oh no i mean i just i think you said it really well look i mean look at that there's there's a yeah, lot baby of, rockets already owning the internet yeah like there's a lot here and i think you're right you know when uh ho the holiday special really i think was a wonderful kind of whimsical fun you know time to be had with some of these characters because yes this movie does look like it'll still have the flair it'll still have the gun humor and the and the the family vibes that the guardians the dysfunctional family vibes that the guardians are known for but i but i do agree that it will be there's probably going to be some real heartbreak here um this is going to be or at least if gun has made it seem like this is really going to be its own 
ending to this trilogy. So yes, I feel like the Guardians as a concept and as a team will go on, obviously, but I I do think this will be a true bookend and some of these people won't be around uh for that. Um so I mean uh, yeah, it looked it looked amazing. What do you think, Janelle? Um I I think it's beautiful. I that's like one thing everybody's talking about like the emotional the emotion the heart all that stuff, but it's also really gorgeous. Like yeah. I feel like they've done a heck of a job at really like developing a lot of these characters. Like everybody looks on point. It looks like very high budget and nice. Um and for me it like this is probably my favorite like franchise in all of the MCU. So my favorite movie ever in the MCU is Guardians of the Galaxy. So yeah, this is going to be a big deal. It's very hard for me to imagine anyone really being able to leave this team and not be around anymore because, you know, like Quill just found out, well, actually, I don't want to spoil it, but he just found out some some stuff during the Christmas special that is very exciting. And um, and it's the thing about the, the Christmas special is it's not really like happy to me. Like you right. see that Quill is like, he's very sad. He's not happy. Like he's kind of giving up anyways. And so the fact that it's kind of like a double dose of the, the emotion and kind of like the not good vibes and you know, it's not our typical quill. I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. I I'm scared. It's going to lose some of like what made it so great, which is kind of the lightheartedness in the MCU. Interesting. Yeah. Well, kids, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but Star Wars got real with Empire Strikes Back. If you remember, like true, yes. Oh God, Kofi, don't say it. <laughs> I had to go through the trauma of learning that, like you know, the bad guy they hated was Luke's dad. He got his hand cut off. They Han Solo got frozen, and they left that movie beat up. They lost. Is, is Drax going to lose a hand? Uh, I just think that you know, eventually, <laughs> childhood sci-fi fantasy is great, but we all got to grow up sometime. And there's a lot of meta humor in this trailer already that's talking about the entire Guardians experience, right? It's been a long time since we've been back. Mm -hmm. The trailer starts and all that stuff, kind of obviously winking at the problem when Gunn got fired from Marvel and, you know, all that. So got to grow up sometime, kids. And, you know, things get real. So, all right, let's keep going, (laughs) I guess. Let's move on to, uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta eventually see your heroes go. I mean, there's a whole generation of kids who are, I'm dealing with a four-year-old who I eventually got to talk to about T'Challa and Iron Man. So, you know, and I've been dodging those questions steadily for the last year. Um, you know, why is there an iron heart? Uh, cause she's awesome. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, cause he loves Iron Man. Cause she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have the heart to tell him. So. Anyway, let's move on to Indiana Jones. So we've all been waiting so well. I mean, some people have been waiting, but uh, we knew we were getting another Indiana Jones movie. Um, Logan and the Wolverine director, James Mangold, is directing this. And we've all been, Disney's been so holding it close to the vest about even revealing what this, like the title of this movie even is. But we got the whole shebang really yesterday with the release of the trailer. The title is The Dial of Destiny, which I like better than The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know, I think it's it's better than that. I'm kind of curious about that because it sounds like it can play with time and things like that. And there are some kind of anachronistic things that are in this movie, like Indiana, like the D.H. Harrison Ford of it all. And about are those flashbacks or Mm -hmm. times where he's going back in, you know. 
I feel like it's weird, but I feel like all of society I'm sitting in, I guess it's because I'm in the midst of what re like watching everything everywhere all at once right now. Cause yeah, it's a board yeah. season and all that, but the multiverse is on everybody's mind. Like, yeah, right it's, a, so it's, it's a very popular topic in entertainment these days. So um, I'm wondering if it could be some of that, but there is without all the questions and spoilers aside, this is just a kind of dope throwback Indiana Jones action adventure trailer. And for the most part, I think I, I, I definitely felt better about this than when I first saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I trust James Mangold. So, yeah, there was this ending scene I love, too. Like, uh, yeah, this, this whole thing with the whip. Yeah, there's just some fun callbacks to the series in this trailer, but done in the right way. Like, you know, when he pulled out the gun on the guy with the sword and everything. In the, yeah, in it's the such a classic movie, so. moment, yeah. And yeah, so what did you think, Matt? Did this kind of uh, get get your indie thing rekindled or are you kind of still skeptical about this okay so i want to go to janelle first because i'm i curious. did too i don't know why i said matt I was i'm curious that. because <laughs> i don't know actually where you stand on the indiana jones franchise okay i'm point. so excited to say that my uh i have watched all of the indiana jones i watched them all during the beginnings of covid that was my oh, big okay. accomplishment well i have two accomplishments indiana jones and comic book reading uh 2020 changed me uh but uh yeah i definitely felt the pain of crystal skull especially when you're watching them like stacked one on top of the other it's it's very uh it's it's very out of place so I was, I honestly was not, I didn't have high hopes for this when it was announced. I was kind of like, guys, just let it be what it was. Like I grew up going to the ride at uh, Disney's Hollywood studios, which was really cool. And that was my impression of like Indiana Jones, like seeing all the magic behind the movie. Um, this looks so fire to me. This looks so fun. I am really excited about it. And I can't believe that. Like, I feel like I'm eating crow because I really did not. I didn't have high high hopes for it. But this is fun. It looks fun. It looks really action packed. He looks great. And I'm interested, especially these underwater scenes. Oh, my gosh. It's just it's it's alluring. This this has captured my imagination. This little trailer here. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I will say, I hope that Indiana Jones was one of the only franchises that kind of took us into the, both the old style of like hero explorer serials, mm -hmm. but also kind of had that Amblin thing where it was also very mashed up. Like it was family friendly adventure, yeah. but also had some really freaky horror yeah. elements to it. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where, you know, the people's faces are melting right. off at the end or temple of doom where they take a man's heart out of his chest while it's beating. Yeah. And, you know, That's some even um, last crusade with drinking from the wrong cup and, yeah. and shriveling up and, and, or the dude getting his propeller head propellered yeah. in Raiders. Like, so I hope that mangled who isn't scared of a little edginess, like does keep that fun. Those fun moments of Indiana Jones where the action adventure and the serialness yeah. gives way to a moment where you're just like, Whoa, like that might just, well, freak me out a little bit and stick with me for a while. It also like does it like I, I love Last Crusade. Like I, I, that might be yeah. my favorite. That was the only one I got to see in theaters. Like when that came out. Okay, yeah. So movie. that's yeah, and we're we're same age, right? Yeah. So like that that one has always stuck with me more than the others, and I think that's part of it is because I was really kind of in the middle of all that. Um, but also it's just a storyline with his dad, Sean Connery. I was yeah. so much good in that movie. Um, but I will say, like I came at this from. 
Um, I'm kind of, in, I was kind of in between y'all. Cause I, th- I was kind of in Janelle's camp of like, I wasn't really necessarily jonesing. <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? Uh, for another, <laughs> for another Indiana Jones. Um, I was okay with like, okay, like the last one wasn't great, but like, I'm good. Like I still love those first three movies. Like you can never really do anything to screw those up. So, um, and then coming into this, I thought the first half of the trailer was amazing. I thought like the way, like the narration is overlaid and he's thinking and, and like the, that whole conversation and like him going into, like you're seeing his old adventures, but you're seeing like where he is now and like teaching and stuff, like all that stuff. I thought that was just so well done. And then, and then like the second half, when you're getting into like the, Oh, okay. We're in the, we're, yes, we might be in the past, but like we're seeing things lay out what the movie is going to be primarily. And that part just didn't like it was it was fine. There was some cool moments, but like it just didn't click with me. I don't know. Like I didn't I didn't get that like like some of the stuff. I think part of it, too, was like some of those scenes like underwater and some of the stuff looks really good. And then there's some parts where it's indie himself, this the CG, and like the de-aging stuff just took me out of it what? i was like i was like yeah i was like I, the internet says he did the de-aging mm, they're nah. even using new tech i, I was like that was well done i, I was like oh he looks i thought it was great too not of that time <laughs> i was like oh that that looks weird well, he's jumping from the car to the other car like those like just took me out of it for just a second again i'm not saying like sure it was bad but like the second part i did not get the magic that i got in the first part and so i'm, I'm coming away like i'm gonna watch it and you know but i wouldn't say it's like top of my list no i think you definitely i think we need to know more about the story i mean there's already a debate in the comment sections here about whether about my comment about whether this could be a time travel story and things like that but we'll see about that um i also think just shout out that phoebe waller bridge will probably anchor a lot of this a lot better than like say shia labeouf did and that's nothing against shia he's a good actor but i just think instead of mutt getting you know Phoebe's yeah. characters already that one scene with her when they're trying to explain like the relationship and he's like, I'm her godfather. He's like, we're not related. Like, yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. feels like they're going to have good banter. And she is, she's great. Yeah. So, she's like, yeah. really good for banter. So um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I didn't feel the magic. I think it was just a sizzle reel of reminding us like what an Indiana Jones adventure looks like. And I don't think, and I hope this trailer, and I don't think it does spoils a lot of the bigger set pieces and yeah. reveals because Mangle doesn't like to do that. So Hopefully with the story, we'll get a good hook. But I, I think some of the stuff that says, like, you know, all my adventures are behind me, but it doesn't matter, like, what you believe, how hard you believe it is a good thematic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was good. And Mangold's great. Yeah, so. so I I don't, I think this is going to be a good film, you know, but I'm just like, I don't know if necessarily my hype level is hit yet. So all right. So let's move on to our final one that Matt might be ex- more excited for. Transformers <laughs> Rise of the Beast. Oh, my God. So, again, I still have questions about this story. Um, I've been looking at some theories online that you guys have been dropping in the geek in the geek chat threads. But um, it's an interesting story. First of all, let's just get out of the way. The design, Stephen Cable Jr. is doing this film. And, you know, Travis Knight did Bumblebee, and that was a vast improvement on the Michael Bay films. Everybody can pretty much agree because they lost that. I think people call it like shattered glass look of Transformers. Because Bay was a little too obsessive when he began. If you if you were around, I, I started doing this like around the first run of those Transformers films. And he literally made them figure out how to take a real car and yeah. transform every single piece into a robot. Yeah. And that broke a lot of both designers and coders. So I'm happy that we've gone with the G1 kind of transform dynamics in this. 
I think this film nails them better than even Bumblebee did. And just the, the Transformer design and tone of it already feels like G1 classic, the Transformers movie that you arguably wanted to see the whole time on the screen, right? So right off the bat, that's good. Then you get the in- introduction of the Beast Wars. Okay, Kobe's trying to talk and have this like really like he's he's doing such an amazing job because he's also just looking at me, smiling uncontrollably at watching this trailer on oh, the yeah. screen. I mean, it's a great. This is <laughs> it's so good. I think this was arguably the better best trailer I saw yesterday because it was just. I mean, it did the best job of giving me enough of the story, but not too much. Enough of characters, but not too much, and just everything looked so great. Um, everything looks really polished in this film and just amazing. Optimus Prime, and when Peter Cullen talks, you just get the chills again. But then Ron Perlman comes in as Optimus Primal, and already I'm just like, he's an OG. Like he's, he's just he's him. Yeah. I, I, it, that was seamless. I yeah. was like, oh, he's been him the whole time. Of course. Oh my god. Yeah. There's just so much. Like it's funny. So like when this trailer hit, right? Um, I did the press event for this two years ago. Because I remember this was that. pre like this was like right at the beginning of the pandemic and everything. So like I honestly forgot like some of the things that like he was talking about at the time and like what he wanted to do. And um like we had a chance to see like uh like Rhinox's design and Primal's design and some stuff, but like my god, seeing in motion, oh oh my god, she Cheetor runs and it just looks like it's it's seamless. Also, it, it okay. Look, anything would look better compared to like what the cartoons are like now. Well, it's just crazy to see how far we've come when they were just yeah. trying to do this just in animation. My gosh, I mean, they they look so rough now, but I still like adore. Like Rhinox is one of my favorite Transformers like ever, and Primal is just so perfect. Like they just did such a good job. And when they go in their alt modes and like they they look like man, and there's just so much fun here. Jazz, like seeing some of the way, like when you were talking about the transforming, like it looks off, like it looks legit and yeah. grounded in some sort of reality. But like when this transformation happens, yeah, you're not seeing every single part, but it looks like it works within yeah, the uh, structure they built within the world. It you looks said jazz, awesome. But I don't want you to get hit up by transformation. Oh, sorry. sorry. Mirage, yes. Yeah. Um, who Mirage. played by Pete Davidson, funny enough. So, so we'll yes. see how that goes. But it's probably gonna be you know, it, it's just like you said, they do awesome things like having the car driving backwards and then instead of turning itself around, just transforming yeah. perfectly like around to the other way. And it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Anyway, so, yeah. freeze frame. Yeah. Cheetor looks amazing. I'm going to shut up now because I'm just gushing. Uh, Janelle, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> the off road form looks pretty dope, too. Like, let's got I mean, uh, yay? Question mark. I, you guys sound like you're speaking another language to me. This is one that I, I definitely just played around with little Transformers as a kid. I never knew what any of them were, and I didn't really care. It was like fun to like click the buttons and transform them. But I'm not like, I don't. I'm not a Transformers expert. I don't know. I only know Bumblebee. Like, I, I it's cool. I'm excited. I'm not like losing my mind, but I shouldn't, I don't, I'm not a super fan, so I don't know. And I'm excited for you guys. Like just hearing you guys talk makes me excited. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. She's like, go play with your toys. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I love this scene. Um, yeah. Like, uh, by the way, I talk about Dr. Who to you guys, you guys would be like, okay. Like, yeah. There's a, you know, <laughs> this is very much, I feel like people who um, watch that original no, show. I mean, Janelle's right. Like, yeah, we grew up it, in the 80s, 90s. 
back then, I mean, it isn't like it is today, kids. Like back then we were all genderfied, you know, we were all separated. It was just like, all right, little boys, go in the corner and play with your G.I. Joes and Transformers and shut up. And that's what we did. But yeah, but even just like this, even if you're a Transformers fan in general, like, you know, Beast Wars is still like that. Those characters and that world are very like they hold a spe- there's a oh, special yeah. group that just like loves those well, like, like the they've only, built up their own little yeah beast wars is the only like following. spinoff of tra- i think is the most successful popular and enduring kind of transformer spinoff yeah because people love and, it like yeah and so I mean, I'm, happy, so happy. I'm just happy for the franchise now as i said yeah there are theories out here about why the maximals can like say reproduce hair and stuff that they're actually from a future and came back and got it wrong yeah and we're trying to prevent something that that basically this is going to be Transformers Days of Future Past, which would be dope. Which takes it's built off the sequel of Bumblebee, which was a soft yeah. reboot because Bumblebee soft rebooted. Obviously, a lot of Bumblebee is built off the Michael Bay DNA, mm-hmm. but then they change things. Like Optimus Prime comes to Earth decades earlier than yeah. the two thousands, and so I think this is going to be like I mean I use I was writing this up, but I think it's like the X Men movies, right? We had the original trilogy, mm-hmm. then they were like, let's do a soft reboot with First Class. It's the same story, same kind of basic framework, but the details are going to be different. Yeah, we just tweak a couple. And then Days of Future Past, everybody got confused. And so they did Days of Future Past, which brought the original trilogy and the first crash trilogy together and then ended it with a rebooted timeline and said, okay, now we're going forward and this is the rebooted timeline and all that other mess is done. And, and this, I feel like Transformers is doing that. This could very well be that. And yeah. if it, there are some hints of that when like Primal's talking to him and like there's some big hints there. I would be totally down for that. Yeah, obviously we got Predacons. We still got to see, yeah. see how they fit into everything. Um, I think that, I think that, and here's the theories I've gathered up and this is, I'm going to nerd out on Transformers here, Janelle. I'm sorry <laughs> for a second. But I think, and this is just my theory, I think they're going to go with the whole Unicron life. was Earth, or, or is in somehow in connected to Earth thing. And I think in the beginning that 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 something has awakened is a misleading thing yeah. because it makes you think it's like the Maximals, but it's really going to be that bigger threat that's coming. And like I said, I think the Maximals came back in time from whatever timeline and wiped out Optimus and all them, and they yeah. were like the last standers. And they came back to try to terminator back to the future this whole thing and i think that's the beginning of this trilogy and so i think this one we get the terracons because the terracons are typically like almost like zombie transformers mm-hmm. and i think in this one it's like the maximals come back but whatever power they're facing uses that through time to just resurrect some crazy dead transformers and that's this movie or sends just a couple agents back and then the next one will have like oh the predacons come back yeah two through time and be like, no, nah, we got to either stop that. We, we got to let this thing happen or Megatron has a scheme to kind of I mean, make it for him, the future better for him this. and not this other power. And then in the third thing is the big, you know, the threat of yeah. whether it's Unicron, which I want to see um, or you know, whatever it is. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's a possibility. So that's my theory about Transformers. So why stop the multiverse anywhere? But all I know is I will be there for this because this looks yeah, dope. Yeah, it looks awesome. All right. Let's get to our final thing in our first segment, which is a review of the new Christmas cult classic film, Violent Night. This is YouTube. Yeah, this is me and Janelle. So me and Janelle got to see this weeks ago. Um, we get perks here at the job every now and again. And one of them was a nice kind of comicbook.com screening of Violent Night with a bunch of our comicbook.com buddies like... Uh, Brandon Davis and Chris Killian uh, in our awesome video team and people. And so we all went out and saw it and I'm glad we did it that way. 
Um, you know, I rarely say this about hanging out with coworkers, but I'm glad we all did it that way because it really, Violent Night is really like a crowd pleasing movie. It's one of those you want to watch with an audience and kind of experience together. Um, it's good to watch on your own. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like there are just moments in this and sequences that are best enjoyed with an audience where you all are just like, oh, my God, or holy, you know, I can't say this edited on our program, but like, I can't believe they just did that or just wow or funny moments. And like I said, they're just best experience with the crowd. So what this movie is, is simple pitch. It's basically die hard with Santa Claus. David Harbour is the Santa Claus. And this film comes our way uh, by, I was trying to get to the bottom, by Tommy Mercola, the guy, people haven't realized it, but Violent Night was made by Tommy Mercola, um, the kind of imaginative director who made, who directed Jeremy Renner and Gemma Adderton and Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters back in the 2010s, and also got on the map from his kind of, when things first started going viral, uh, the trailer for his movie, which became like a full-fledged movie, Dead Snow, the Nazi zombie mm. movie uh, set in like a winter outpost. Um, that was his first one. So he likes to kind of do these crazy genre mashups and also play with like folklore history and kind of combine it into these other action crazy things. And this is no different. I mean, this is a, a Santa Claus who has a very deep backstory, David Harper, Santa Claus. It's really wild about being like a Nordic warrior at one point. All this stuff that's just kind of implied, but uh, yeah, and he and there's an actual character story here that's surprising because it's actually at once a very funny movie, a very violent action movie, and a very earnest Christmas story. And like it borrows from and pays homage to all kinds of other Christmas and action movie things. Like, yeah, there are some direct diehard references in this from across the trilogy. <laughs> some pretty sick ones, too. Like one that screwed me up as a kid they bring back and I was like twitching the theater all over again. But um, yeah, there's also some things they borrow from like old Christmas movies like Home Alone and stuff and in a very different kind of twisted way. So I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. David Harbour is great in it and actually plays a very kind of a deep character story about a Santa Claus who's having trouble continuing doing the job until he get, has to find himself in the situation. And there are things you see in this movie you will never forget. And the rest of the cast is great. You get like and Beverly D'Angelo from Christmas Vacation is in oh. this. It was hilarious. John Leguizamo is crazy amazing in this. I never thought he'd be a great like action villain, but he is. Um, and some other people that kind of pop in are, are just great, too. So I highly recommend Violent Night. And I highly recommend going out and see it in theaters with other people this holiday season. But that's just me. Let's take a more kind of balanced perspective. Janelle, what do you think of it? Yeah, I love this, but I love holiday. So I've been watching Home Alone, Elf, like oh, White Christmas. Yes. I've been watching the Santa Claus TV show that they have on Disney Plus now week to week. I love holiday. I also like a diverse holiday. So give me the cornball stuff. Give me the throwback stuff. Give me the violent, scary, fun <laughs> thing that this is because it's a nice switch up like it's a change right if you're watching all of these like baking christmas specials and then you turn this on and drink a beer like dom said in the chat you know me well you're just gonna have a blast like this yeah. will 100 be something that i watch 
every Christmas season because it's it's fun and it's different and it we need something different. Like there's only been one diehard ever. And this is like an extreme version of that. <laughs> so I love it. I think that if so I go out all the time around Christmas time, like I go to the Christmas pop ups, I have Christmas cocktails, I find excuses to be really social. This is the perfect go be social with friends, you know, buy an IPA and watch it have fun. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I am very excited to uh, see this. I am um, time for it's, it's something. It's on my list, definitely to to watch. I am I am like Janelle. I will give anything holiday a chance. So uh, this looks this looks fun, and you two have uh, totally sold me. So I will definitely watch this. Time for seasons beatings. Oh, that is a great tagline. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> That's great. That's a great. There's tagline. so many great puns in this movie. All right, and it doesn't take itself seriously, like too seriously on that front. It's great. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, like I said, we are are going to be doing some discussion of TV with the premiere of Disney's Willow series. We're going to check back in with Titans. We Matt really wants to go off about uh, Wednesday, and we got to talk about Amazon getting into the DC animated universe. So this is the end of our regular segment for the short segment, but stick around for the whole longer segment if you're just watching this part. Be sure to subscribe to Comic Book Nation on YouTube and all your podcast platforms so you don't miss out on anything from the show every week. Otherwise, if you're here for the uh, deeper, geekier portion, come back with us after the break because we are going to get into it all. And welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I was just responding to some wild stuff we're getting from you guys in the comments. You guys crack us up. So uh, shout out to the Comic Book Nation. Nation, I guess. Uh, But uh, now that we're getting into the deeper, geekier portion of our show, let's talk about something in the news this week that popped up that kind of caught my eye which is that Amazon is making moves to get into DC animation. So Amazon, we just talked about recently because they made a deal with Sony to produce a whole line of Spider-Man related TV shows to stream on prime video. And that was, we were kind of like, Oh, that was unexpected to see Amazon reaching out in that way. But we know that they've been trying to quietly scoop up franchises and start their own kind of unique franchise IPs. Uh, so this wasn't too that wasn't too crazy to see them getting into the Marvel game. Yeah. But DC animation was kind of an eye raiser, not just because of Amazon getting into it. But like, what does that mean? Like, yeah. What does that mean for like Warner Brothers TV? So um, just to kind of break it down, uh, they don't say anything. That, you know, explicit about what it means. Right. But. It does, just to kind of clarify some things I thought we should address, is that DC is a big umbrella Mm -hmm. with many other imprints underneath it, some of which have already kind of made their way over to Amazon, which I believe uh, is like uh, in The Boys, for instance, is uh, isn't that parent under a DC? Well, no, it's a it's a different. It's a different thing, but it used to be, I made the argument initially that it used to be like kind of why it was part of Wildstorm and Wildstorm yeah, Wild was part Storm. of DC, but like it was, yeah, it was a stretch. Jim told me it was a stretch. <laughs> so I remember that whole uh, argument in Slack one day. Um, so yeah, uh, but it's, yeah, they don't really say like what, 
it would be. But yeah, between Invincible and the boys, Diabolical, Amazon's already kind of building their animated, a little bit of their animated empire. And this does raise a question of like DC, like HBO Max will still seems like to have, will have dibs on shows, right? We'll have like, I mean, Harley Quinn's not going anywhere. Um, there's a couple of things. There's a Superman show already scheduled. That's going to still hit HBO Max. But like, I'm excited for stuff that like HBO Max, especially under like the Zaslav, you know, administration, yeah. like, Hey, we don't want to green light that, but you interested Amazon, you know, like the uh, Batman Cape Crusader, the JJ Abrams and Bruce Tim project that was canceled at HBO Max. Could that find life over here at Amazon? Cause they have this deal and they have this thing. So like that makes me excited because low key DC animation has been killing it for 20 years. I got some of the, some of those adaptations are amazing and are ones that the movies, even movies that have tried, haven't gotten right. So I will recommend a lot of DC animation stuff um, over over some of the live action any day of the week. So that makes me happy. More DC animation to me is a good thing. Um, you know, I would actually love for them to do like some of the middle grade stuff that stories and like adapt those for like a family friendly audience. And then you have your Invincibles and Boys for the adult audience. You, you cater to everybody. But, yeah. you know, it, it, well, it's getting kind of confusing because DC animation is I mean, it's under Warner Brothers, but they also have now merged with Cartoon Network Studios. Right. So that's all going to be like one thing. And now Amazon's also taking. Yeah, because you still have like G Titans Go, Bat Wheels, like all all on Cartoonito and all that stuff. So So I I thought like Warner Brothers Discovery was trying to bring everything in-house. Zaslav, like what's going on, man? Like Yeah, but if Amazon pulls up that money truck. Yeah, I just, well, good on Amazon. (laughs) They are, I feel like they're quietly just building the most, kind of the block that has a little bit of everything we want in there and like they're going to keep coming back to. And I do come back to Amazon quite a bit, so. Look, man, I watch Amazon. Amazon is the one that sneaks up on you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you look back and you go, like in the peripheral this year, but I damn sure tune into it. So, you know. I watch a lot of Peppa Pig. Yeah, Peppa, Lord of the Rings. That's been <laughs> Amber goes through Peppa faces. Yeah, Tumbleleaf. Yeah, I watch a lot of Tumbleleaf. Like, I mean, Amazon keeps, they're doing it for kids, for adults, yeah. sci-fi. That's why I like concept, the DC now line. franchise and franchises reckon, you know, top tier franchises. Yeah. Even if they're doing it in a janky way, they can slap that DC and Marvel on there. But like somewhere. DC has so many, um, like, stories that are aimed at that same like a little bit older than that demographic and it would fit on like unfulfilled audience because like there's not a ton of that stuff out there just in general like that kind of that group isn't necessarily the most catered to when it comes to content kind of that middle like where the middle grade books and graphic novels cater to that isn't necessarily catered to all the time in animation and stuff it's kind of either younger or older and so that would be perfect you have a treasure trove of stuff i mean from the comments if if warner brothers discovery is dumb enough to let amazon get their hooks into the bruce tim like paul dini verse of it all and take things like justice league unlimited and go back to doing that if they let that happen they deserve to lose that money um yeah uh, i'm just looking at the comments oh, man, people justice saying, league unlimited would be amazing yeah if they bring that back like yeah, D- and Warner Brother and HBO Max was like, ah, we don't want that. Like, whatever. Like, yeah, you deserve to lose that money because that classic DC animation would kill on a comeback. Now, I know Janelle is not the biggest animation person, but 
are like, does this excite you? Because you are about more content. So like, would you, yeah. if we do more animation, more content. are you going to jump in? I'm, yeah, I am, of course, but I'm kind of with Fly Ninja in the comments here. I wish they had a better interface on Amazon Prime. It's kind well, of, I, I don't find myself ever really perusing. I'm sure they have great shows, but the only time I'm ever really on there is when you guys are like, hey, we're going to watch Peripheral on Amazon. Go watch it. I have it, but I don't, I don't like explore. And so... I do wish they'd fix that little problem that that's going to stand in the way of discovery. I think I never explore Amazon. I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, and I, watch I don't explore, but I don't think I spend a lot of time exploring anything anymore because it just gets lost down the hole of choices. Like, oh, Netflix fast. gets me all the time. No, and they never get me. I HBO mean, Max now, gets me. It's now the algorithm that gets me like Netflix puts what it knows that I like in front of my face. And it's very good. at Yeah. That. Like I'm watching that drink master thing. I would have never thought that. Out. <laughs> but he knows that I go to like cocktail bars all the time. And it's like, we know what you do, dummy. You'll love this. And it was right. Amazon, I think, is the best at advertising because they get you because not through the interface, but everywhere else. Right. Like, I every agree. time I turn on my fire so stick. So good at ads. Yeah. Like Amazon's there. But that's and they're the, telling me yeah. like, and they get me that way. That's or the, the boxes that come to my house. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, word. Like this is all there. Amazon like, is a destination app. platform because I know what I've already been hooked by something else. And I know what I'm going for when I click on their thing. But some of the other ones are better at like, once I'm there, they get me to try other stuff. Yeah. Who and I wish, yeah, I wish like, you know, I don't even know. I wish I don't wish that because I have way too much stuff to watch already. But for Amazon's benefit, it would be good, like Janelle said, to kind of redesign some things and get me to click on some other stuff. Yeah. So that's that. Yeah. And I'm with Danny the Pug. I want every other streamer to copy Amazon because their X-ray function spectacular. Like, if you don't know what I mean, yeah, like I don't know what that when is. you pause I have no clue Prime video, when you pause Prime Video, they do what's called an X-ray. They pull up like whatever scene you're watching. It's smart inclined to tell you who the actor is in that scene Oh, what else they've done. And you can pause and click and it will take you like out like to That's cool. to like other it's things. The best. I love that. <laughs> Hi, Richard. <laughs> Richard Pop, there's a full-time video x-ray where we need all. Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they, so like, I think, smart. actually, I don't know. Don't, don't quote me. Okay. I said one wrong thing about comic publisher so i'm just gonna try to keep it we can't let them know i thought they did but they might not but like letting the audience know that i'm dumb is like half the fun of the show but anyway (sighs) so yeah the x-ray function is something i wish more because i do it on netflix and everywhere else i'm like who is that and i'm like yeah that's smart that's i didn't um, there's good and bad yes we could just i mean it's just like people in your romantic life right like if you could just take pieces of this that and the other and mash them together (laughs) go me but Weird. then you get married and you don't find that perfect person anyway. <laughs> so then that happened, right? Oh, yeah. I love wow. that so oh, much. Oh, your, man. Your analogies are uh, so I know. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> Matt taught me. Um, yeah, Matt taught me a lot about life on those Friday nights. I believe that was one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I I did. Oh, God. I hope my family's not watching right uh, now. The locks will be changed when I get home. And we have all our Christmas lights up. It's so nice right now. All right. So moving right along, we were talking about stuff that has to do with stuff with Amazon and DC. So we're going to have to wait and see yeah. like what kind of content they're going to get. Because I wouldn't mind if they got to do some of the weirder spin out stuff that like, you know, that the main company never wants, like some of the Vertigo stuff. Yeah. Um, I would love to see somebody crack into Milestone finally. 
Oh, that would be like, a good that one for would them. be really yeah. cool if they did that and just were like, we're going to do DC, but like blacker and just oh man god if amazon were if okay so in in the vein of doing something that was a little bit uh more uh aimed at adults but also kind of firmly in the dc if they did a far sector adaptation oh my god that would absolutely rule because they do it with like the you know invincible aim at that older audience but you know far sector is not that gory or you know over the top but they do it with that sensibility oh my god rule anyway i just want a far sector something yeah. i don't care I don't, I don't really care what it is but it's green later so like you can do that i just want to see Dwayne mcduffie state get all the money it should get for creating milestone and all that and start with static shock man oh static shock yeah, yeah just get us that back finally. all right all right let's move on we've been on this for a hot yeah, um let's talk and um, we're gonna go through some tv recaps i'm gonna go real quick uh first i think both janelle and i have seen the first episode of willow um willow is a weird movie because it it's not a popular movie it's so it it went into obscurity for so long yeah like you couldn't even find it like in the dvd days i tried early on but you you really couldn't it was obscure it was ron howard but it's, it's like why it's a ron howard fantasy movie with like warwick people who are now so famous like warwick davis and um i can't believe i'm val kilmer and you know other people and Willow had this thing because they used to sell the kind of uh, collectible tie-ins at Pizza Hut where I went all the time. And so I had like a weird collection of Willow figures growing up <laughs> that I played with. And so it stuck around in my mind. And they Amazing. had all these weird designs, like a beast with like a two dragon worm heads or something like that. It was just a weird movie yeah, with weird design stuff. But uh, it stuck around. Um, so, But I was curious to see. How is it a movie that you can really like bring back or in, like as a series now? Are there enough people that know or even care about Willow to still embrace this? So I gave it a watch and I'll be honest, I did not make it through the screeners the first time when they gave it to me and they gave it to me way early. I won't say how early, but it was early. And I didn't make it through the screeners, not because they were bad. It just wasn't interesting enough. I was also getting like and or screeners and oh, other yeah, stuff. Okay. And I was like, well... I would most, I would rather watch this by far than, you know, what I'm saying. So now that it's out, I got, I'm through the, they released the first two episodes. I'm through the first, I did one and a half. Um, and it, it's all right. Willow's, Willow's all right. It's just okay. Um, there's a bunch of good actors and, and I like the characters. It's kind of funny with these quirky messed up characters, like the first film were very imperfect and kind of stuff like that. But, uh, it's just in a year where we've gotten stuff like House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power. It's just kind of a weird time to try to bring Willow back. And the production is is good enough in all that. But like, like I said, it's just not a franchise anybody I feel like was begging to get back. And Val Kilmer's gone. And so, you know, not gone, but he's just done with acting. Yeah. And so Mad Mardigan being missing. There's this twist in the beginning that you can see coming from like a mile away because why else would a certain character even be in this show? Like, you know, and it's high fantasy of that era, but uh, I don't, I don't know if there's a place for it still, to be honest. And I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm not, I'm sorry, Willow fans. You can send me your hate mail, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a one and out series like season, because I just don't feel like we are going to give muster. I don't feel like today, I couldn't even put this in the headline of the show, I feel like, um, because I don't think there's enough interest and I don't see enough buzz about it. And it just doesn't feel like Will is going to crack and make a comeback. 
if anybody even remembers what this story is about. Like, so that's just me. Maybe Janelle's more positive. <laughs> mm. Okay, so uh, I did not watch this as a child. Um, I was a labyrinth girl. So if you brought back David Bowie's The Labyrinth, I don't know how you would do without Bowie, but then I'd be losing my mind. Literally, it's my favorite movie of all time. This, I suffered through watching the original film in preparation for the show. And I just did not understand any of the allure at all. Like I was very confused. I kept waiting for like the movie to happen. So I was very confused with the movie. But when I got to the show, I felt that I would have been completely lost had I not watched the film. Mm. So I feel like it's important. The main importance of this entire series is the relationship between our sorcerer and the baby that he saved. And if you don't know that relationship going into the show, it's like, okay, what? Like, what? why do I, I don't, okay, big deal. Like, so sh it's, anyways, it's a thing. But I will say I enjoyed the show because I did not have high expectations after watching the movie. So okay. I, I will say I'm going to continue to watch it. I will also say my other criticism, it's a minor one. And I know it doesn't bother a lot of people, but it kind of messes me up when Disney plus is recycling actors in like, like roles in like the nerdum genre. Right. So like we had our Falcon winter soldier appearance from that actress and then seeing her also in this in a completely different role, it just kind of messes with my brain a little bit. Cause it was so close, like in time. Yeah. Hate her for getting that Disney money. She I know. I know. I feel bad for Willow. I don't want to hate on her, but I, it just, it's hard for me. I don't like it when it's like on the same network, we're going to call it a network. And it's so closely like in kind of related in like this vein of nerd fandom stuff. So and that's just me. That's a little criticism I have. She was in solo, but that doesn't bother me in solo. Aaron I feel like it's been long enough. For everybody listening, we're talking about Aaron Kellyman who starred in solo as the uh, kind of that, uh, that freedom fighter group leader. She's uh, great too, by the way. In, like she's awesome. Days, but, uh, but infant emphasis uh, nest or something, whatever it was called. And then she was um, in Falcon and Winter the Soldier. She was the leader of the. Uh, I forgot. I blanked that show from my memory. But of that group, I pretty much have to go. Whatever they were called. <laughs> but hey, this trailer is making me look forward to the season because I've not seen this trailer before. I just watched it cold, and this seems like there's going to be a lot more to the show um, than what I saw in the first two episodes. So that's yeah, how I'll leave it. It's going to be an epic quest. There'll be monsters, magic. Yeah, I, I am curious. To I think see it'll where be it goes. like a, a B or C level watch in my schedule. Like I'll put it on at the mm -hmm. end. Of like appointment viewing but um one thing i want to address that people said in comments is you know I, I watching this the biggest thought i had was i can't imagine all the crap warwick davis has probably had to take in his life because of his physical appearance but mm -hmm. this man should enjoy this time because mm -hmm. he's probably looking around at all those other actors from the willow era and some of them star in this show and he's like <laughs> looking in the mirror probably getting his swag on because he's still yay yeah, yeah he Warwick looks great. Davis is only looking better with age. Well, he's so like, he's the only reason that like this show has appealed to me. Like I, he looks cool, like the stuff he's doing and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, I want to watch this, but I don't have that attachment to the original Willow. I'm like Janelle in that regard. Like I've seen, I've seen it, but like that was 
I've seen it so long ago. I didn't, I, it never like clicked with me. Like other movies kind of, I will say of that same era. Like, like right. for me, like uh, some people like never ending story has that kind of, yeah. I will always be linked to that movie. Right. Yes. Nah, exactly. Yes. So we and Janelle are on the same page. Well, I'm pretty sure they mandela it out of this timeline and then Disney brought it back because they just wanted to, you know, revisit it. So they had right. to go back. I think it's great. I think it's cool. Cause there are that, those are, there are those franchise fans out there. I just haven't jumped into this one yet. I I will jump in and at least give it a chance. Um, but I cool. do think that it is, I am curious to see how by the end of the season, how much the, if you didn't watch the original movie and how, how the onboarding is essentially of like, Hey, you didn't watch it. That's fine. Let's get you up to speed. If that isn't great, that doesn't like, that doesn't help an already niche property like it, yeah. it needs to be able to kind of bring you up to speed and get new fans in because otherwise you know all i can say is at least it's better than the witcher you know don't don't now i'm just don't, i'm don't, just don't on it. <laughs> I don't, all right all right what? i don't want to derail us i don't want to i'm just kidding <laughs> i don't want to derail us matt because we got to move through these next ones matt why don't you talk about the tv shows you wanted to uh really okay kind of bring us up to speed with that are possibly also better than witcher why do you do it? Why? Why do you do it? Okay, number one. Setting you off. Number one. Uh, I wanted to talk about Wednesday because Wednesday is. I finished the season. Um, I had only watched, you know, like the first episode and a half. I think when we first talked about it, and then I finished the season. This is probably one of the ones that I have. I'm typically not a big like. It has to be a show I really excited about. Witcher, for instance, for me to like binge a whole series and like go through like more than three episodes at a time. Um, I typically like space them out over a couple of days. That's a, I watched like this whole thing in like a day and a half, maybe two days. This is so fantastic. I'm not the biggest like Adam's family person. Anissa is more the like big Adam's family fan. She's actually the one that got me started getting me hyped for the series. And then for me to watch it and become such a fan of like Jenna Ortega is phenomenal in this show. She, like, she is Wednesday. And I love that they involved Christina Ricci in it. So you get that great, like, you know, it's not like we're imagining that that didn't happen. Like her performance is always going to be iconic, but Ortega now has like her own iconic performance of this character. And I want to see more. Like if we don't get a Wednesday season two, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) So mad. This is so good. Uh, Fester, Uncle Fester is so fun. Like it's only one episode that he's really in, but it's a great appearance and oh my god thing i need like a little thing replica now like i need to like it's oh my god things that amazing guy, have you seen it behind the scenes yes i did that I poor watched guy them. they crammed that guy into everything it's so like the guy this, who models things handed. this scene the dance is phenomenal there's so much fun about this series i laughed the mysteries are fun there's great redirections the ending was satisfying um you know i will say like i wasn't sold on gomez right off the bat and i think there's one key episode that while i wouldn't he's not my favorite by far uh this version of the character i will say that went a long way to kind of selling me like okay i can accept it like i'm okay with it that's that's the way we have it for the series and and okay um so i love this i feel like everyone should watch this it's only eight episodes and it's great so i cannot wait for season two did you watch this janelle 
I watched episode one because, guys, I lost my internet this week and I had to watch everything on my phone. So that could also be why Willow didn't really impress me very much. Um, and I refused. I didn't want to ruin the show for me by watching it on my cell phone. I feel like it deserves a bigger screen. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. It's gorgeous. It's a really beautiful show. And I feel like you'll miss little details if you're not really paying attention. Yeah, it's man. Oh, I love it. Okay. So we got to talk about it, even if it's just off the air. I don't care. We got to talk about it when you watch it. Uh, I'm oh, so pumped. Yeah. I love the show. This is right there with Stranger Things season four for my favorite thing of like the. Come year. back in the window. Wow. It's so good. Come back it's in the window. No, it's the so good, man. It's so good. Come back in the window and come off the ledge. From not being like the biggest Adam's family person that's just like completely loving this world. They did such a good job. I cannot, I cannot wait. This is so fun. I'm going to rewatch it. It's gory too, just in episode one. Like we got some gore, which is cool. This is Burton. Look, I'm not always on the Burton train. Like sometimes his, you know, kind of avant-gardeness can get all go off the rails. And it's like, okay, feel self-indulgent. This does not. It's just so fun. And I laughed so many times. It's so daddy Burton. He's in a different phase. It's so cool. Uh, And then last but not least, Titans, man. Titans did its uh, mid season finale, essentially. Uh, so we'll have to wait till next year to get more episodes. Um, but uh, I am, we're not going to spoil it because it just came out yesterday. So I feel like it's fair not to spoil it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So we're yes. not going to get Please into no spoilers. No, some big character transformations. But there, yeah, yeah. there's some big uh, transformations and there's some big things that happen. Uh, I'm a, there's some, there's some, I, uh, we can't talk about it without going to the spoiler. Anyway, I really like this episode. It sets up a lot of things, but, uh, I mean, what did you think, Janelle? What do you think? Well, this is another one where, like, I was worried about watching it on my phone. It shined even on a tiny cell phone screen. This show is so good right now. I love witches and I love magic. I love this side of, like, Gotham-y, like, just, oh, it's so good. If you're not watching this, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, like you're missing out on this season. Oh, so good. Can it's just, so good. I mean, just the midseason finale like was really a satisfying midseason finale. I mean, it it really, like I said, I'm just trying to be vague, but it had right. several good character developments and transformations, literally and figuratively, and set up a pretty intense antagonist for the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, some some good twist moments in it, and some good. F- they're letting the characters do some fun performance stuff uh connor in this episode yeah um there's a moment with dick and Corey that is like really dramatically powerful kofi you're really good at speaking like vaguely about things can you teach us (laughs) no it's not really a skill it's something that usually pisses people off but i (laughs) make it work here um yeah sometimes it's just like what you just talked for a long time and I have no idea what you said. And yeah. Like, and we will have some insight by the way, uh, into that, uh, finale, uh, hopefully by, hopefully by next week, that'll be up. I'm giving it Ooh. the space so that people can watch stuff. Yes. And I don't want to spoil things, but uh, we'll have some from insight on some things, uh, later on. So that's uh Titans man. Okay. Well, I mean, don't take too long of a break there okay, because yeah, we're sliding right from our TV recap into comics this week. <laughs> Uh, Exterminators number three uh, is Ooh. is on our list, and I I was reading this book, and all I could think of is when Kofi said when we were talking about the second issue, when you said 
I don't know who greenlit this book, <laughs> but like kudos to you, whoever had to convince someone yeah, to greenlight this. Risk, like, and I couldn't help job. but think that throughout this entire issue, because this whole issue has like, there's so many moments that I'm like, how the hell are they doing this? Like, how how did they let this happen? Like from just like the the language used yeah. and the blackouts and like some of the the banter between the characters. There's, there's a significant portion of this issue dedicated to Dazzler's ass. Yeah, yeah. In that, in <laughs> verbatim said that way. Yeah, like I didn't obsessed with that part. Obsessed. Yeah, yeah no, this it's so good. Like there's just guys. So they good. put the peach emoji in the yeah. captions. <laughs> what book is so wildly different and amazing? Like. I hope they keep this going because it feels like it's just a limited series, but I hope not. Like this is amazing comic series and it's the most wildly, like the biggest, most fun departure I've ever seen the X-Men franchise do. Yeah. Especially with its female characters, which is sometimes the most often like men like writing what they think is an aspiring female story. Right. Or is this is like actual, like good female banter. And like, like I said, just making jokes about Dazzler and squats and, just the humor this book has for the X-Men universe while they're still doing the serious stuff. Like yeah. they cut from the main story to the Krakoa council just to show like how Xavier's reaction <laughs> to hearing about like Dazzler's yeah. like squats and her peach booty. And like, and he's just like, and he's like, you don't have to go into yeah. this much detail. I'm like, okay, well we ended up in space. And he's like space. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, Oh, okay. We should probably backtrack or yeah. just the flow of the book, the way the story unfolds, the scenes. Um, and like, and they don't skimp on things. Like there are moments of horror that you're just like, oh, that's pretty intense. Like when Tabitha's getting bitten up by a vampire and you're like, they're getting hurt. They like actually get injured. But then right after that, we get, you know, what is, oh, what does she call her? She calls her a nickname because she says like, it's not sparkles, but it's something along those lines. Cause she's like, oh my God, you singed. Like she, she says oh, something. She burns yeah. her boob. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you singed my, my boob. And she's like, oh, well, you know that. So they go on this whole riff. And it's mid battle scene, right? It's just, there's just so much fun. This is yeah. just feels like nothing else. Yeah. And it is an authentic female, like, and I, I know we're two dudes talking about this in the studio right now, but uh, and it feels like a f- authentic female hangout stories. Like these are things, I mean, we live in Nashville, bachelorette party capital of the world. And these are things <laughs> you've heard drunken groups of girls on Broadway, someone around yelling, like, Ow, you elbowed me in the boob. Like, blah, 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 blah. like, have you been doing squats? Like, waited once? Like, blah, blah, blah. You like, these are all very funny, kind of authentic conversations. So, so I feel like this is probably a no brainer, Janelle. But yeah. is this your like favorite X book? Oh, 100,000%. And it is so awesome to hear you guys giving credit to, you know, like a woman's perspective, like a true one and relatability, because I feel like this is in the same level as like She-Hulk for the chicks. Like it, she's talking about this terrible breakup with a vampire. And they're like, yeah, and you thought your breakup was bad. And that's, <laughs> it was, it's just so good. And, and it's really nice to know that you guys dig it too, because I thought maybe I just love this because I'm a chick and I relate to this so much. And I find it like just very cheeky and fun. But I love that you guys are down for it too. The same way you were down for She-Hulk. And it's like, I know this is like an extreme version of that, but it feels (laughs) the same. And so if you enjoyed She-Hulk, I feel like you'll enjoy this too. Yeah, for sure. No, I, this is, uh, this is one of my favorite series. I believe it's uh, Leah Williams. 
Uh, it's just it's just knocking this out of the park. And I agree with Kofi. I feel like if we don't get some sort of, hey, this team is doing something after this, after the series is done, like it doesn't have to just continue. I would be fine with them just making it to an ongoing. They do that all the time. But if not, tell us where we can find this group and this creative team. Because it's oh, yeah, I mean, awesome. if they don't, I mean, Marvel's just inviting me to kind of harassed him on Twitter for a very long time to being like, when you <laughs> hey, hey, when's that exterminator's coming? You know, you hey, when's that, that exterminator's? You're getting every gif in the world, Marvel, because I, I do want to read some fun stuff while I'm yeah. sitting here. This is, uh, it was fantastic. We're moving to uh, the last book of the day, Blue Beetle Graduation Day. This is also a mini, uh, mini series of six issues. And uh, this deals with, you know, Jaime's at a very um, uh, kind of fork in the road for him both as a as a <laughs> character and as a superhero you know he's kind of um he's kind of with a little bit of a funk and he's trying to kind of discover what that next step is and obviously going into college and all those kinds of things can be a very um stressful experience and you're trying to figure out what your next step in life is so there's a lot of that on on both sides i just love look this book is this character has always been one that's just incredibly relatable. Uh, he's been one of the most relatable characters in DC's uh, roster of, of characters. And the way this book like embraces like Latin culture and, you know, I love that they're speaking Spanglish throughout the entire issue and going back and forth. And that's like, that's, that's an environment like I was raised in. It was, it was always that. So I don't know. There's just something that comes off very authentic and it doesn't feel like when they used to make, you know, Nightcrawler say a random word in another language to like, oh, hey, he's from this place. And we're going to make him just say a random word. And that's like how we're going to establish that he's from this place. Like, this doesn't feel that way. Um, so, and also just look, Superman, like chowing down at the at the family, you know, cookout or whatever. And like the graduation stuff of like, hey, well, if you're not going to go to college, like you're going to work and you're going to go over here. Like, there's just a lot of really interesting stuff here for this character. And the big blue beetle of it all, the scarab stuff, is interesting too. Like they introduce, you know, kind of this uh, change, you know, not getting the spoilers, but they introduce a, an interesting, whether it's going to be a nemesis or, or friend or whatever later on. So I, uh, I really enjoyed this man. I really enjoyed this issue. I, I want more blue beetle stuff, but, uh, but that's where I come from. What'd you guys think? I thought I just was, was refreshing. Cause I've read this early on. Um, yeah. I, I think it wasn't the most exciting book for me personally. Um, I don't obviously have as deep as a cultural familiarity as you with it, but I, I did like that there you are and leaning into him and they did like a Spanish version yeah. and an English version of this book. Um, I think they're doing the groundwork to start as yeah. we know they do with comics to start these kinds, especially when they're limited series, because we do have a blue beetle movie. <laughs> yeah. And so getting people familiar with this character in a very kind of introductory way, that's also very good at kind of world immersion is necessary and i think this book does that yeah and and gives you the perfect kind of insight to what a blue beetle movie could feel like including the cameos like yeah you know batman and superman are in this book for a very specific reason and you know hinting at a larger story and i could see the blue beetle movie doing that yeah like for having sure. you know uh, him deal the first movie deal with him just getting the scarab and figuring all this out before we start to hear names that we know like the reach and stuff like yeah. that and figuring out you know, and that would be cool if the next Blue Beetle, you know, to bring this all around, Blue Beetle movie is like Empire Strikes Back and the hero realizes different, like, oh, me, I'm not quite a hero. Right. I thought I was a hero until I realized that there is somebody who programmed this armor yeah. and now I have this I'm stuck with. So that would be cool, too. 
And so I think it's good for just kind of reintroducing a character and laying down the groundwork and giving him a space in the DC universe where he interacts with these big heroes, but in a very kind of way that causes teen angst. Because absolutely. they essentially, I mean, they literally essentially oh, yeah. ground him. <laughs> so, yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, Janelle, what do you think? Yeah, it's sometimes you get books that just are easy to understand what's happening and easy to follow, no matter if it's a new character to you, you get the story. And this is one of those. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate it so much that I want to continue to read this. So please keep assigning this to us <laughs> because I, I'm really invested. I'm really into it. I want to see where it's going. I love seeing a cameo from Batman and yep. I'll leave it at that. And I'm curious. I'm just really, really curious. I want to know what's going on. You guys summed it up really well, but yes, I get it. Yay. Thumbs up if I get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah, that's not going to be a hard sell. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sticking these in there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's um, just awesome. easy. Well, I, I really appreciate an easy read. I really do. Yeah, it really was like seamless. Like, it was just like fun. And, and you, they did it. Actually, we were talking about this earlier, right? Where you're bringing new people into the fold. That those first like six pages get you up to speed on pretty much everything you need to know about Blue Beetle. Like, mm -hmm. here's what happened. Here's where he is in his life. Here's why. And here's where his powers are done. Yep. And we move and we move forward and it's good to go. So that's comics. All right. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everyone who stuck around for our deep geek portion of the show. This is Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. If you are just now finding out about our show or getting into it, you can subscribe to the podcast version on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, everything else. Or you can join in with our audience weekly, and that's a lot of fun. We go live every Friday on Facebook, YouTube page, Comic Book Nation, or on the Twitch uh, stream at com or the Comic Book Twitch stream. Man, this is all getting complicated. If you like the show and want to talk to any of us about any of the crazy stuff we said or just kind of we are looking to build our community out and get to know a lot of you guys better. And uh, apologies to all our fans. I went through my Twitter and realized I'm so bad at follow backs and all that stuff. But uh, I went back and followed. I got a bunch of you guys back because, yeah, I do want to build those connections. I'm not unapproachable, but uh, I mean, I am. Let's chill, but not too unapproachable. So I do want to build that. So, uh, yeah, be sure to follow us. Chat with us on Twitter. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Matt Aguilar CB. And I'm at Janelle Wheeler. And uh, okay, we had a couple mentions in here. I forgot we have some last minute mentions before oh, we get out of here. Sure. I just want to shout out, let you know, I am still watching Chainsaw Man, the anime, which is my favorite new anime in a long time. Um, loving Chainsaw Man and the things got real in this latest episode. So if you've been used to the status quo of Chainsaw Man, things finally started to get really real in this episode and it was pretty surprisingly drastic because i i've purposely not read the manga in anticipation of seeing this so i was surprised by uh things took a real turn in season one of trains all man this week and that was my mention matt you had a couple uh yeah uh midnight suns is out today uh so hey hey we'll have uh impressions of that next next week uh also the witcher next gen update uh is out on the 14th of december i believe so i will have uh, impressions of that as well on the show and then uh if you are a witcher fan you should probably just you know pay attention to the youtube page over the next couple days and throughout the next week and we'll have a bunch of stuff on uh, blood origin so uh coming up hey. so that's uh, your tease for that all right now we are the show that does it all for geek culture now that we just threw in some anime and gaming in there so all right <laughs> nation we've done our job for the week we are out see you guys next week deuces our peace <laughs>